0: Good day, good, good time of day, whatever time of day it is in your day or night, whatever time of day or night. I hope it's good. Um, welcome subscribers, welcome non-subscribers but interested registrants, if that's a word, to episode seven of First Draft. When I spoke to you last week, uh, my toes were being warmed by soft sand and licked by the clear blue waters of the Caribbean Sea. That's the Caribbean Sea, Americans. Uh, Today, I'm wrapped in many layers of clothing, uh, including a a thick, down, sort of puffer jacket-type coat, a scarf, a bobble hat... And to be fair to myself, a pair of yoga pants. And I'm walking along the side of the River Thames, some way downriver from Windsor, but upriver from Hampton Court. Uh, I'm not dipping my toes in its swirling brown waters, not for fear of the water quality, which is reasonable at this time of year, but because it's bloody freezing. It's so cold, in fact... Uh, well, less cold, more just inclement. It's so inclement that um, before I started recording this, I had to shelter under a tree from a fall of thunder hail. If anyone can remember the film Flash Gordon, A film I watched many times in my youth, although not all the way through because the recording we had on VHS uh, was incomplete. My dad had taped it off the TV and had had missed the beginning and I think the tape ran out somewhere before the end anyway quite near the beginning Ming the Merciless the now you think about it maybe slightly racist villain of Flash Gordon Uh, Ming was pressing buttons to torment the earth um, and one of the things he might have sent I can't remember he could have sent he should have sent he would have sent, if he'd thought of it, was thunder hail. Large cubes and other polygonal... Is that the right word? I'm really struggling with my words today. Shapes, blocks of ice hurled from an unforgiving sky, accompanied by claps of of thunder. Sorry, that ran out of steam. That's somewhat poetic sentence. I'm labouring my point... The weather's bad, and I'm cold, but I'm also happy because by the time you hear this uh, voice message podcast thing, um, we'll have done something quite exciting. Today, if you're listening to it on the day of release, the 25th of February 2022, today's the day we've revealed the cover for a book I've been banging on about for ages. Longer than any other book I've ever written have I been gestating this book. Um, We revealed the cover today with our UK retail partners, Waterstones, of my novel Essex Dogs. Um, Oh, that was someone walking past. It sounds like, from the tiny snatch of conversation that I overheard of that passerby they were transacting a property deal they were complaining about solicitors they must have been anyway sorry at the, at the moment of highest drama I've been distracted from the topic at hand the topic at hand is the cover reveal of my book Essex Dogs today I hope you like the little graphic we did a little graphic a little it was a Giphy type MP4 type thing M4A I don't know a video file it's not very long Which does show you the cover being assembled It's quite colourful It's got blues and reds And a sort of heraldic Scary Lion thing A generic lion Scary thing that represents the English Marauding around in France In the Hundred Years War And that's what the book is about So normally This podcast I would be addressing Your contributions to Wednesday's thread on history, etc., on the Substack, I'm going to pause that slightly. Although I'll, I'll mention it again at the end because it was a great thread, because I just want to tell you a little bit about Essex Dogs, how I came to, how I came up with the idea, and how it came to pass. A little bit about what it's about, and then on, and then how you can pre-order it. So. It's 2017, I'm going to go back to 2017 now. In 2017, I was working on a show called Nightfall, season one of Nightfall. A lot of you will have seen Nightfall, I suppose, but I suppose some of you might not. So Nightfall was a, uh, a drama about the Knights Templar and the fall thereof. The title was a pun, do you get it, do you get it, do you get it? And Nightfall, and it was, it was good. I, enjoyed, I had an amazing time working on it anyway. And even if sometimes, the sometimes bits of it were turned out slightly weird, I had an amazing time working on it. I learned more on that show than I'd learned for a long time. At that point, I was writing my book about the Templars while sitting on set in an actual director's type chair that had my name on the back. Yes, um, and and generally having having a gay old time. Um, we were shooting that show out in Prague, in Barandov Studios, and so about every three weeks I would fly from London to Prague. It's only a short flight, it's about an hour and a half, it was very pleasant, um, and then I would fly home after a stay of, I don't know, three, four, sometimes five days in Prague. Anyway, on one of the flights home, it was quite a late flight and I was dozing on the flight, And I was listening to music. And I hope the band don't sue me for this. And I was listening to, like a playlist, and I was sort of thinking about historical drama, about historical characters doing things in the Middle Ages. And I started to envisage this group of kind of freebooter soldiers. So sometimes there'd be freebooters... Robbers basically, rough, tough, not very nice guys, and sometimes when there was a war on, they'd join the army and fight. You know, that, that's kind of the way of 14th century warfare. Oh my god, a swan just hissed at me, uh, disagreeing perhaps with my historical point. Um, so I started envisaging the adventures of one such group, a group a bit like this, and They were pretty vague in my mind, all I could see was that they were on a beach They went about in boats and they were on a beach But this was a kind of nice lucid type dream uh, On a plane while I was dozy And I was listening to the song Essex Dogs by Blur Which is the last song, I think, on their album Self-titled album Blur So I woke from my doze before the plane landed and opened my laptop real quick and just made a kind of Word document called... and I called it Essex Dogs because that was a song I'd been listening to. And uh, I made some notes about who this this group of renegades and freebooters were. And then I closed the file. and I didn't really think about it for a while. I occasionally opened it and tried to write a couple of scenes about them, but it wouldn't really come. So I just left this file called Essex Dogs on my laptop and got on with whatever else I had to do, which was actually finishing my book about the Templars, writing a book called Crusaders, writing Colour of Time, writing The World of Flame, writing Powers and Thrones, okay? All of that was going on, sequentially, not concurrently. Fast forward about 18 months. Uh, I rented a house, this big, sort of slightly tumbly down house in Normandy, not far from saint lo and it was Christmas. It was just after Christmas, actually. Christmas and New Year. And a bunch of my friends came out to stay. And on New Year's Day, after quite a refreshing New Year's Eve, we all went down to uh, the beaches nearby, which were the famous Normandy beaches where D Day occurred in 1944, 6th of June 1944. And we went to Omaha Beach, which is a very moving place. It's, um, if you haven't been, I highly recommend a visit there. It's a sombre place, it's, uh, it, particularly at a time where there's um, warfare in Europe, as appears to be the, the case now. Um, it's, uh, it's a place that should bring anyone who sees it um, a sense of grave perspective, Anyway, we were on Omaha Beach, and inevitably, as we were on Omaha Beach, our I- I talk turned 6th of June 1944, D-Day, what would you have done, what would I have done, what would it have been like? Well, uh, we also were talking about the landscape, and I was like, you know, these beaches weren't just the forum for an invasion of mainland France in 1944. If you go all the way back to 1346, this was where King Edward III of England landed 15,000 men To invade France um, At the beginning of what became the Cressy campaign Of the Hundred Years' War The war for the right to rule France Edward III was staking his claim He brought his eldest son the Black Prince with him They landed, they didn't land on Omaha Beach actually They landed more or less on what In the Second World War became known as Utah Beach Somewhere up the coast Anyway that, that thought struck, stuck with me And I went home I did a lot of reading about D-Day. I read a, a seminal piece of journalism from the Atlantic magazine called First Wave at Omaha Beach, which was oral testimony from survivors on Omaha Beach. I started thinking, you know what? I, I was, this could be where that, that band I wrote in the file called Essex Dogs, this could, this could be a story for them. And I started to think about what would, what would it look like as a piece of writing if a platoon... If we followed a platoon of medieval soldiers... Oh, sorry. A platoon of soldiers landing on Omar, on Utah Beach. Um, and it would it'd be a scene familiar to anyone who'd watched... Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers... Who'd played that particular iteration of the Call of Duty... Computer game. It's a, it's a famous scene. Um, what would it look like if we took that sensibility of the World War II beach landing and then it just happened to be set in 1346. So it wasn't first and foremost and if you can hear some rustling it's because my dog has uh, actually defecated and I'm going to perform a super ninja trick of telling you about my new book while clearing up with a poo bag some dog shit. I don't, think, I don't think anyone's ever done this on a podcast before. Um, that's, the, that's the sort of unique content you're getting when you subscribe to or merely listen to this podcast. I've actually done it now. In my hands is a black plastic bag of warm feces. Um, sorry about that. I just don't like to pause the tape while I'm talking. Where were we? Yeah, I started to think about what would it look like if you told the story of... Edward III landing his men on the beach through the eyes of a small platoon. But it felt like, it felt like Band of Brothers. It felt like all those other films I'd grown up watching about the Second World War, the Vietnam War, Korean War, you know, like Apocalypse Now, or Platoon, or Full Metal Jacket. And I didn't feel like I'd ever seen that for the Middle Ages before. So now an idea was, was kind of forming in my head Or at least a scene and a concept For what does a book about a medieval battle look like If it's from the eyes of the ordinary guys Instead of the knights and the chivalric heroes And if it's got that gritty, hard-boiled um, Short-sentence, direct-language sort of tone That we're more familiar with from American war novels What does that look like? Um, and I made some more notes in my file called Essex Dogs. And then I closed my laptop. I didn't think about it again for another six months. And then six months later, so this, we're now in the summer of 2019, I was um, enormously privileged, and you can watch this on YouTube actually, uh, to interview Game of Thrones creator and prolific novelist screenwriter George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, George came to London and he and I did an in-conversation in... Conversation in Uh, Emmanuel Hall in Westminster. Well, after that, I went for dinner with George and some of his team. And George and I had a a really interesting continuation of our conversation about history, about the relationship between history and fiction, and and just really about the the joys of writing. And I came away from that with a real... um, I was really moved and impressed and... Uh, struck by my conversation with George. He's an incredibly charismatic and interesting uh, and funny man. And thoughtful, and thoughtful guy as well. A man who. You know, what I got from George was he's very, very steeped in history. But he was using that love of history to write exciting, um, made up stories, novels. And I thought, you know what, I, I really want to give that a go. And. I said to a couple of publishers, look, I've got, I've got this idea. And I told them about the Essex Dogs landing on uh, Utah Beach in 1346. I told them everything I've just told you now. And they said, go write some chapters. So I went and wrote three chapters of this story. And they, you know, people kind of dug it. They got the idea. And I, uh, one way or another, signed up to write not just one book, but a trilogy of these books starring this platoon the Essex Dogs and their adventures in the 1340s and maybe the 1350s in the 100 years war and Essex Dogs is the first of those books and it begins as I've described with this platoon on their landing craft storming the beach now it's not Messerschmitts and machine guns and barbed wire but it is trebuchets and crossbows and the fear of drowning and death before the campaign has even begun Uh, and then we follow this platoon throughout the course of the book as they really just try to stay alive to the end of their military contract their 40 day contract and through their eyes we start to see what a medieval campaign could look like could smell like, could taste like, could feel like not only the um, the terror of fighting, or the exhilaration of fighting, but also the um, the boredom and the mundanity of of medieval warfare, uh, the discomfort of the climate and of the landscape, but also the camaraderie and uh, and the relationships between the various. Characters within that team, that platoon um, I started writing it sort of concurrently I started writing the book sort of concurrently with Powers and Thrones, but I've written most of it in the last year. So from yeah from summer 21, well today I handed in the f- what I think is the final edit, the pedantic edit. Um, of the book It comes out on September the 15th And as Oh my goodness What is that noise I think it's some sort of power tool Across the river Not to worry um, uh, You can pre-order it Via Waterstones It's a UK release on September the 15th uh, It will get a U- US release uh, But possibly in fact, definitely not on September the 15th this year. But you can order it via UK booksellers, and particularly via Waterstones. I believe they do international delivery, but do not quote me on that. Uh, if they don't, I will let you all know other retailers who will take pre-orders for international delivery. But at my memory from Powers and Thrones was that Waterstones did, uh, did do that. Um... I'm super, I'm super hyped about it. I'm hyped about this book. I'm really excited about it. I've written my what is it? My twelfth book. It may technically be my thirteenth book by the time it comes out. Um, for reasons I'll tell you about it another time. But look, it's, I've written a lot of books, but this is my first. This is my first novel. That's a bit scary. I've written one little book that's sort of fiction, which is The Tale of the Tailor in Three Dead Kings, Last Christmas. But that was just a little ghost story. And it was a retelling of a ghost story, so you couldn't really blame me if it was shit. You could, but not totally. Well, this is all on me. And I've often said... One of the reasons I resisted doing fiction for a long time was that I always said, look, if if you write a bad history book... You just got it wrong. You know what? You just kind of got your facts wrong. let not no, that's not strictly true because if you write a bad history book, you probably also can't tell a fucking st- can't, sorry. I shouldn't swear that much. You can't tell a good story. But fundamentally, if you write a bad history book, it's uh I feel like it's kind of a binary mistake. You went zero instead of one, okay? My what I've always said about fiction is if you write a bad novel, you have basically outed yourself as somebody who fundamentally does not understand um, what it means to be a human being. And so I'm a bit worried about that because, you know, I'm showing myself in a way that I maybe wouldn't with a work of pure history. And like any good historical novelist, I've I've slightly monkeyed with the facts—not the facts, but you know, I've certainly massaged certain bits of it here and there um, in a way that I hope is, is deliberate and quite funny, uh, and knowing, and that people who really know the history of the Hundred Years' War will smile at. Um, but I don't know. You know, you might—I might you know, have got it totally—I might have got it totally wrong. That's what I'm saying, and. Um, and I'm nervous, but do you know what? Do you know what? Being nervous is really good. Being nervous means you care. Being nervous means you're alive. Having that, 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 that that's, that f- sort of fire under your toes. That, that's good. I wanted that. I'm, you know, I just turned 40 years old and I needed that. Um, a, a, a great historical novelist, who some of you may have read, called Philip Kerr. I knew in the years shortly before he died, young and, and, and too, well, too young, <sighs> a little while ago. And I remember talking, I remember going for dinner, no, well, it was a lunch that turned into dinner with Phil. Who, would, who was describing, he was in a bit of a a, bit of a trough, of, a bit of a funk. Because he'd written what I think was his 18th novel. He wrote the Bernie Gunter, Berlin Noir novels. Among other things, he'd written his 18th, and he said the, um, the first first copy of it landed on his doorstep, and he felt nothing he felt nothing at all, and he said that was a terrible, terrible feeling. Um, I don't want to get into that place, and one of the ways to stay out of that place creatively, I think, is to do things that feel dangerous and difficult and challenging and um like. Uh, make you vulnerable um, I'm a big believer in in that You know, you challenge yourself You put yourself into uncomfortable positions In order to develop fortitude And I mean that emotionally as well as creatively Can you tell I'm wearing my yoga pants? I don't know um, Okay, look That's what I wanted to tell you uh, I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about Essex Dogs I hope you don't mind me changing the format of first draft podcast just a little bit just for this week but i felt like i wanted you guys to hear first um oh look a tennis ball i'm gonna throw this my dog hey (whistles) i wanted you guys to i didn't throw it. i kicked it i kicked it actually it went quite far i feel i feel good about that it went far and it went in a straight line what an alpha i am um in my yoga pants. No, look, I wanted you guys to know about this book first. I, I, uh, we're making a lot, quite a lot of noise today about it on social media. And I just wanted you to know uh, what Essex Docks is, where it came from. If you want to pre-order it, please do. Pre-orders help authors so, so, so much. Uh, and I've, I've, I've never needed as much help. or I haven't for a long time. Uh, kind of emotionally with a book. So... Thank you for listening to this. Vaguely normal service will be resumed next week. Um on, on history etc. I hope you like the new design, by the way, if you've noticed it. We've had a bit of a bit of a fix up of the site. It's looking fresh. Um if you like it and you don't yet subscribe, please subscribe. If you like it and you do subscribe, let me know. Tell me what you think is there another category oh if you don't like it uh, tough titty because (laughs) it is what it is now it is as it is that was something edward iii used to say uh and he's in essex dogs there you go i knew i'd bring it home one way or the other all right i'll see you soon you guys rock i love you take it easy